Before we jump into today's episode, we want to talk to you about Internet Church. Rich, what is Internet Church? Oh, it's only the best internet gathering this side of the Kailua River. Is the Kailua River a thing? Maybe we should start over. <laughs> let's let's do it again. Ask me again. <laughs> no, let's leave it in. Now no, no, let's talk about Internet Church. Uh, internet Church. Actually, it's a thing we do every other Friday night where we all gather together, uh, encourage the saints in truth. It's uplifting. It's edifying. It's just a time to gather for about an hour on a Friday night or day, depending what part of the world you're in, just to be encouraged by the saints. You you think you would like something like that? Is the Pope Catholic? Uh, you bet your sweet bippy the Pope is Catholic. And uh, Justin, Internet Church is all about gospel freedom. It's good. I'm trying to think of the follow-up question. <laughs> oh, I'm like, man, this thing is lagging. Uh, all right. If No. Absolutely love it. So if you were going to... No. What are we going for? Are we trying to be funny or are we trying to be serious? I don't know. I I mean, whatever. I, we're trying to let people know that... Oh, <laughs> I'm not as gifted as you are in this department, my friend. So join us every other Friday night, 8 o'clock Central, 6 o'clock Pacific, 9 o'clock Eastern. If you are international and want to add that to your calendar so you don't have to do all the time conversions, head on over to lovereality.org slash circles and add the Internet Church Circle to your calendar. Welcome back to The Move, where we are vibing with the book 10 minutes at a time. The next 10 minutes, we're looking at Hebrews chapter 2, verses 5, all the way to 13. Uh, when I was in Bible college, okay, I uh, had this particular fascination with, with uh, a cult. That's a really weird way to, talk, to describe it, but it was true. I used to read a lot of Jehovah's Witness literature because I had this fantasy <laughs> in my mind of wanting to be able to knock on a Jehovah's Witness's door. Because yeah. at the time, I was doing a lot of door knocking at the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. I had this like fantasy played out in my head where I would knock on a Jehovah's Witness door, and then we'd come into this really big debate and this yeah. argument back and yeah, forth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, then I'd be able to say, hey, can I see your Bible? And then I'd open up the New World Translation and I'd be able to point to this, 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 uh -huh. and this, and long story short, be able to convert them and win the argument. This is what you were fantasizing about? Oh, absolutely. Because this was like, to me, the ultimate uh, test in which I was right and everyone was right. You remember what it was like. When life was measured by are you right or are you wrong or can you win the argument or not? You yeah, know that yeah. that was a regular part. Maybe it wasn't the Jehovah's Witnesses, but you had something like that. No, yeah, 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 yeah. Who was the person that you would have to argue? Was it Kessie Rain? That I would argue with? Yeah, who's the person that you're like, this is this is a worthy opponent, a worthy foe has, has appeared. Well, that was my arrogance. <laughs> it's just you yourself? Yeah, I was like, you know, I'm not, <laughs> you know, like, you know, when LeBron James said, uh, I'm just chasing a ghost now. Oh, like, Nobody's sure. as equal except Michael sure, Jordan. Sure. Right? The, the only people I was chasing was the dead men in books that I was reading, right? Oh, wow. So the, the, the ultimate thing would be to write a book, maybe? Yeah, but then I did that, and it sounds like a sixth grader wrote it. <laughs> right? It works. I was just—I was just curious about the verbiage that you use yeah, yeah. before freedom. I was fantasizing about oh, conquering a Jehovah's Witness. Well, I mean, <laughs> that's part of what it takes to be successful outdoors, right? Like yeah, this yeah, idea, yeah. Of like you just want to be prepared. You want to be able to anticipate what someone's going to say and, and not be caught flat-footed. Sure, I had those fantasies. I'll, 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 I can give you one. Okay. I used to think, I remember one time I was at a, I was at Hillsong Conference in Australia. Right? Oh. And I was sitting, I was very close to the front and I was actually like a row behind um, T.D. Jakes. 
Oh, right? so TD Jakes was sitting in front of me. Mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. this was Hillsong Conference 2007, maybe. Okay. So we're talking 15 years ago. This is like Save Your King album, yeah. right? And uh, I'm there, and uh, the you fantasy. think that they might have sang "Who Am I That You Are Mindful of Me"? Uh, maybe because that's referenced uh, in this. Passage. Oh, is it? Yeah. yeah. It, but it was. Uh, I was. The fantasy was like. Something happens and like TD Jake's like, but there's somebody in the audience who's going to speak the word. And he points at me and I'm like, rah, rah, rah. It just, did it happen? No, of course oh, not. Oh man. Well, maybe next time. You know, TD Jake's, a, you know, we, we subscribers compared to that preacher. That guy can go. Anyways. So the reason why I bring this up is because they are very caught up on some of the language that seems to be employed in this passage. And, you know, it's seen many places, but the idea that Jesus is son of something, son of God, son of man. This language seems to be challenging more. So I guess maybe I should have told the story in the previous episode because it's son of God there mm-hmm. here. One of the references is son of man. man. Yeah. 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 This one, this is really, really good. Uh, and I didn't know that. I mean, I know that about the J dubs, Jehovah witness, how they don't believe that Jesus is equal to the father. Right. right. Yeah. They have the, they, they would reject the Trinity Yeah. Uh, or anything that sounds like it. And the idea is that Jesus is a created being yeah. and kind of goes against the, the story arc of the last couple of episodes, Jesus yeah. being a really big deal. Yeah. You know, they're like, yeah, Jesus is a, is a deal. Yeah. Maybe he's not as big a deal as y'all might be. Yeah, celebrating, yeah, yeah. but yeah. He's, he's a deal. He's a deal. He's a deal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you know, the way the logic of Hebrews is tending is that Jesus is a big deal. He's greater than the angels, right? This is Hebrews 1, this cosmic unveiling. We should not neglect this great salvation. Mm-hmm. And then it moves into, for it was not, this is verse 5, for it was not to the angels that God subjected the world to come. So the world that is coming is not subjected to the angels, right? Mm-hmm. So there is a whole new age that is to come. The Hebrews would have understood this, you know, the the age of actually abiding with the one, yeah. right? Hashem, the name. Um, and in Did that they have a age, term for that? Because like I think about like different ages in the New Testament, like the yeah. millennium and, you know, afterwards. And There is, and I was trying to draw it from my memory, and I'm coming up blank. <laughs> so much for that right? degree. But it's, you know, the marriage. Maybe if you finished your doctorate, right, right, then you, you would have drop out, right? <laughs> this is the marriage feast of the lamb, right? Sure, this sure. is where you're sitting with Abraham and the patriarchs and Got taking it. part. This age, the age to come, right? Okay. That Jesus constantly appeals to. So it's like, oh, man, this age to come where Yahweh will rule over everyone and we as the israelites will be primary right Mm. we'll be the first Mm -hmm. and then the author of hebrews right i think the pastor of hebrews i think it was paul he's like you know what what is this world to come of which he of which we are speaking it has been testified somewhere what is man man? yeah wait hold up huh Uh like the way he's using scripture here connecting it to who gets the world to come, who rules in the age to come. And he mm. says, what is man that you are mindful of him or the son of man that you care for him? Hmm. And the son of man language, again, in relationship to the son of God, this cosmic being, but now it's in relationship to humankind. And if you know the son of man reference, particularly Daniel chapter seven mm-hmm. right where the son of man emerges and comes to the ancient of days mm-hmm. right to receive a kingdom so you made him for a little while lower than the angels huh. so for a little while this cosmic being the Became son of man real, real humble was real real humble for a bit right this is not merely talking about humanity sure 
being lower than the angels. Although no. that also uh, fits. It's clearly happening. That humanity was lower than the angels. But it's temporal in the sense that it's only for a little while. <laughs> nice. Right? Yeah. And then you have crowned him with glory and with honor. Like, hmm. when and how that he was crowned with glory and honor. And then the coup de grace. Hmm. Verse 8. Putting everything in subjection. in subjection under his feet. And again, this is a psalm, right? Yep. This reference. And this is uh, what, Psalm 2, I think. And it's like, what are you talking about? And then, yeah, the reference of Psalm 102 as well. Where this being, son of man, for a little while, less than the angels. And if we know that the angels ministered to humanity, but they did not worship humanity... But this being was lower than the angels, but now he's being worshipped. Right. So, so I guess this is this leads me to what we were talking about in a previous episode, where I'm like, were were these conflicts apparent in the minds of the Hebrews at the time? Like the 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 idea of the messianic figure being lower than the angels, oh, being made humble. What, what was the theory at, at the time? If it's not some version of the incarnation? Oh well. Absolutely. I, I, I cannot speak to, because I'm not well-versed in knowing what was the expectation of the groups that were present at the time of Jesus, right? Or even mm-hmm. prior to that. I know there was a messianic expectation. I know that God does not have a son yeah. for Israel, mm-hmm. right? Israel is God's son, sure. right? According to uh, the Hebrew understanding, as I understand it, mm-hmm. that God is not three and also one, right? Mm-hmm. So there's the denial of the Trinity. That Jesus, a human, can't also be God, mm-hmm. right? So this Christian um, commitment that we derive from the testimony of Jesus and the teaching of the apostles and the work of the early church, that God has come in a person, subverts any and every expectation prior to and goes way beyond any of what those expectations could have hoped for. Right. This reminds me a lot of like how we open up when we think about wave one and we talk about how we, we relate the gospel to people who are kind of new to this. We ask the question, like what's your relationship to sin? Cause it's like one of those, like, huh? Uh-huh, yeah. It's one of those, like it's in the book. It's right there. You're free from sin. Yeah. What does it mean? We can explore yeah. that. What is that? It's uh, provocative. Yeah. But it's just like, it's in your face. Yeah. It seems like Paul is going right for the jugular. He's yeah. like, Hey, you have this hang up about the idea of God becoming flesh being human, and then eventually being But it's exalted. all in your scriptures. And yet it's right there. It's yeah, in the book. It's all in your scriptures. And, and they would follow the logic. Hebrew, the people reading this letter, those who have received this message are following the logic because the second half of verse 8. Now, in putting everything in subjection to him, he left nothing outside of his control. They would have known that the Messiah would have received the kingdom. Hmm. But this connection that Paul... Specifically, Paul is making when we connect it to the 490 days, they're like, it had to have happened recently. Like, so who's the thing? What's the place? Where's the throne? Why, why is it not everything in subjection and yet everything is in subjection? Right. And then he did it. Why? Because he did it in this person. Mm. How did he testify to it? He tells us earlier, 
the Holy Spirit came and has given us gifts. Like, you've heard of this, y'all. Mm. You can go ask those people whether or not they saw Jesus fly off a mountain. Yeah. Like, you can ask them. You can ask about the power of the Holy Spirit being manifested in the ministry of Paul, in the ministry of Peter, mm. in the ministry of James. Like, you guys know them. Mm. Ask about them in Jerusalem. Mm. You know this is true. You've heard of Apollos and what he's been preaching. You've heard of me. You tried to kill me, right? If This is Paul. You've heard of Stephen. Contextually, this letter has all the makings of um, has all the makings of alluding to everything that would have been present in the mind of first century Jews hmm. as they heard about this sect, yeah. the way and how they believed that this Jesus that was killed as a common criminal is the Messiah, right? Hmm. So, with that context. This letter is making all of these connections from Hebrew scripture and localizing them in a human who transcended the power of death and then using the scriptures of Israel to say it was right here the whole time. Yeah. The story that you've heard about this Yeshua, right? This upheaval that you've heard about that happened in Jerusalem. It's in your scriptures. Yeah. This was the expectation. Yeah. And it's cosmic and it's grand. Hmm. But he's come to us in the flesh, right? Yeah. And now he is Lord of all. And so you look at verse 8, but we see him for a little while. And this is why, you know, this, this constant appeal that I make, that this is in the person of Jesus. It's in the person of Jesus. I got it from reading this. I got it. It's in the book. It's right here. But we see him who for a little while was made lower than the angels, Jesus, mm -hmm. right? Crowned with glory and honor because of the suffering of death, so that by the grace of God, he might taste death for everyone, right? For it was fitting that he, for whom and by whom all things exist, draw back, a call back to creation, how Jesus is the second person of the Trinity, by whom all things were created. This is Colossians chapter one, with allusions to Proverbs chapter eight, wisdom that stands at the right hand of God and creates, right? This is John chapter one, nothing was made without him. So this is all, these themes are all together in the person of Jesus. In bringing many sons to glory should make the founder of their salvation perfect through suffering. So Jesus, it's Jesus. There's the anchor, the author, the founder of salvation in his person because he's tasted death and now he's alive on the other side. Hmm. I know that this isn't necessarily the direction or the force of what Hebrews seems to be pointing towards, but I can't help but notice it's like, hey, through the suffering, we have been made perfect. Mm -hmm. And this is just like, I just confirmation even more of what we've been studying in Romans, mm -hmm. what we've been preaching all around mm -hmm. the world, this idea like, no, no, listen, like the thing that he did, mm -hmm. it did a lot more than just pay the price. Mm -hmm. There's a lot more encompassed in that moment when Jesus tastes death for everyone so that we could all rise in newness of life with him. Mm -hmm. um, I'm drawing a blank on the church father, maybe Maximus, 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 Ma the first Maximus the, I think of is the one in the gladiator. I know, right? I'm, I'm <laughs> getting it wrong. Gregory, oh man, this is completely drawing a blank. But all that which he has assumed, he has healed, mm. right? So all that Jesus has assumed, everything that he became, he has perfected. He has yeah. made whole, yeah. right, in his person. This is another way of saying by his stripes we're healed. Yeah, made so whole. that the founder of our salvation has been made perfect through suffering. For he who sanctifies and those who are sanctified all have one source. 
Hmm. Right? So he who sanctifies and Jesus. those who are sanctified us. all have one source, which is what? God mm. and that life of God. Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. And I love this, man. This is why he's not ashamed to call them brothers. Yeah. I, th- that that lands so much more after 90 episodes in Genesis yeah. and all the crap that brothers put brothers through. Yeah. And this is the imagery of Joseph. Yeah. Right, right here. That yeah, Joseph absolutely. went into the grave, came back. What they meant for evil, God intended for good. What the Hebrews meant for evil, what the Israelites meant for evil, what the Crucified. Pharisees and the Jews meant for evil when they crucified Jesus, God intended for good. That's why he's not ashamed to call you brothers. Because yeah. from his vantage point, you were always family. And he became a man and was a little lower for the uh, than the angels for a little while in order to bring you into wholeness and perfection through his suffering. Hmm. And this is what has been accomplished. Hmm. And so this is why he says, I will tell of your name to my brothers in the midst of the congregation. I will sing your praise. And again, I will put my trust in him. And again, behold, I in the children God has given me. Yeah. This is the salvation that Hebrews is talking about. Yeah. That you all are part of the family of God precisely because of what God has done through Jesus. And it's mm. secure. It's done. Don't neglect this. Receive your inheritance and walk it out. Is, isn't it kind of crazy, verse 12, that, that, that Jesus would be bragging on you? Yeah. Like, yeah. you're That's such good. a big... Like, I, yeah. I think about Maddie taking his first steps and how I'm just like, he's a genius! Yeah. And, like, it's still, like, it's still so far shy of what he will be yeah. in faith yeah, by, yeah. by the grace of God. Yeah. And yet, there's no mitigation in my joy over what he's doing now. Absolutely. And yeah. I just think about like, there's a certain real sense in which we are continually being sanctified, right? Uh-huh. That's that's what Hebrews will mm-hmm. eventually get there, mm-hmm. right? And there's another sense in which we are perfect mm-hmm. in that we are complete and mm-hmm. that we're whole and that he is mm-hmm. singing over us. He's what? just bragging. He, uh, yeah. He's the dad with the wallet with yeah. all the photos. He's like, can Have I you show seen you? My kids? <laughs> Have you seen my kids? <laughs> can, can I show you? Have you seen my kids? Yeah, uh, that's him yeah. about you. Yeah, Zephaniah 317, Lord is mighty to save, sings over us. Yeah? Man, how beautiful. I was listening to that testimony uh, on Death to Life, Joel. Okay, yeah, I yeah. think he, he captured that really, really well because his belief used to be that when he would wake up, somehow, some way, something happened in the supernatural where he started at a deficit. Yeah, yeah. And that by engaging in prayer and by somehow having a, in, an intellectual spark where he connected with something in the text and he uh, was illuminated in his understanding that he somehow went from uh, the deficit to where he was now standing in good relationship to Jesus. Mm-hmm. He has this moment in the podcast and I would encourage people to go listen mm-hmm. to the testimony because it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. But he's just like, no, I wake up and God is... My boy is up. And I just, I, I tried to imitate his laughter. Yeah. You, clearly you heard it too. Because I, yeah. I was like, man, if that doesn't capture the emotion that I feel when yeah. my son wakes up, yeah. I'm like, there he is. Yeah. There's my boy. And every yeah. time, because he takes naps. Yeah. And so I get to experience this multiple times yeah. a day. He didn't do nothing. He probably pooped his pants while he was yeah. sleeping. And in a very real sense, he starts at a deficit. Yeah. And yet, when he wakes up, I'm like, there's my boy. Yeah, super excited. Stoked. Yeah. Every time. That's awesome.